Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The mark of a growing believer, and that mark is the mark of devotion. And the devotion we are talking about is not a devotion that you do five minutes, ten minutes when you wake up in the morning. Okay? That's not the devotion I'm talking about. That is part of it, but that is not what we're talking about this morning. A growing believer is willing to live a life that is dedicated to the Almighty God. That's what we're talking about. A growing believer, a growing family, a growing church must be willing to dedicate themselves and devote themselves to the things of God. And that is why if you look at the book of Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, the Bible tells us that when, when Nebuchadnezzar conquered, conquered Jerusalem, he took all the, all the smart people, all the smart boys in, in Jerusalem, brought them into his, brought them to Babylon and started training them in the ways of the, in the, in the Babylonian ways. And then one day, Nebuchadnezzar got this very cute idea. He said, I'm going to build a very big image and all I want you people to do is to bow down to that image. Ordinarily, you will think that, okay, if I don't want to bow down for that image, I mean, have a democratic right, I can always claim my right. The uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, not in my kingdom. If I tell you to bow, you must bow. And if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you in the fire, fire uh, uh, throw you into the fire. And the Bible now tells us in verse number 16 of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, we said there were these three kids, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? They answered and they said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning foreign final, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will, we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. In other words, you are telling the king, somebody who has promised that if you don't do what I say you will do, I am going to throw you in the fire. You are telling that person to his face that you are not going to do it. And the reason we are saying and you are saying that you know that it's going to be a certain death. Okay? You are going to face certain death. You are going to, you are going to be thrown inside the fiery furnace. Some people will say, wait a minute. Such demonstration of faith in God, such demonstration in such devotion to the Almighty God is pure stupidity. Why would you be arguing with somebody who will kill you? All you have to do is just bow yourself to the knee and that's the end of the story. What is it? I mean, the image itself is nothing. Why do you want to kill yourself for nothing? Stupid, you know. Standing for God at this point in time is stupid. Some people may say that. Some people may say that it is foolishness. That all you have to do, I mean, the image is a stupid image. Why do you want to, why do you want to kill yourself? But the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they understand that devotion to God is not blind faith. When you say I'm devoting myself to the Almighty God, when you say I'm committed to the Almighty God, they know it is not blind faith. They know that it is not naivety. They understand the consequences. They know the danger. They know the danger of not, you know, of, of disobeying the king, of disobeying the king. So they know it is not naivety. Number four, number three, they know that they are not suspending their rationality. In other words, they are not suspending their head. They are thinking like normal human beings. They know the danger that they face if they disobey the king. And yet they say they are going to serve the Lord. Not only that, they were not ignoring the verifiable evidence. In other words, the furnace was there. 
They know that if they disobey the king, they are going right into the furnace. And yet they say, we are going to serve the almighty God. And not only that, they were not willfully ignorant. They were not if willfully ignorant. They were not ignorant of the consequences that will happen to them. But they knew that if they disobeyed Nebuchadnezzar the king, they were going into the fire. And the three Hebrew children knew that. They understood the meaning of devotion. Okay? They understood the meaning of devotion. And they understood devotion to mean commitment that they made to the almighty God. When you say, I believe in God, what does that mean to you? When you say, I am serving the Lord, what does that mean to you? Does it have any kind of a meaning? Is it deeply rooted in your spirit? Do you believe that God is going to hold you accountable for the words that come out of your mouth? The three Hebrew children knew that. They knew that devotion to the Almighty God is a commitment that they have made. And they were willing to keep that commitment. Number two, they understand that devotion is a profound dedication. That this is what I dedicate my life to. God has called me and has given me the gifts that he has given unto me. And because he has given it unto me, I am dedicated to him for the rest of my life. And that is why you find out that some marriages work and some marriages don't work. I tell people, what keeps a marriage is not the love. Because when you were younger, you were looking good like me. By the time you get old and all the lines begin to show up in the face. If that is what you are looking up in your marriage, then the marriage will fail. By the time this thing before it came out, I used to have the six packs, you know, but that was ages ago. Now that the six pack is gone and my tummy is not coming out, if that is what you are looking at, the marriage will fail. What keeps a marriage is not the love. What keeps a marriage is not the physical beauty. What keeps a marriage is the dedication that two people, the commitment, the devotion that two people are made to each other and they said until death do us part. And the same thing is what you make when you come to the kingdom of the almighty God. When you say, I believe in God. When you say, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. What you are saying is that, come rain or shine. Regardless of what is going on. Regardless of the circumstances that the enemy will throw at me. I am going to walk with the Almighty God. That is what devotion is all about. And as a believer, your, your conviction, your devotion, your commitment, your consecration to the Almighty God should be growing on a daily basis. When you are young, you can say, well, this thing is happening. I don't want to do this. But as you go older, you begin to walk with the Lord. You begin to see the things that he has done for you in the past. And then you begin to realize that you cannot just go back. You cannot just deny him. You cannot just say no. You will not because you have known him. Because he has come through for you. Because he has visited you on different occasions. And he has answered your prayers on different occasions. You now make up your mind and say no. Regardless of what the world will do to me. I am ready to go the extra mile for the almighty God. That is what devotion is all about. And that is why you see, the fact that you fought your wife today doesn't mean you divorced that person. The fact that you had an argument with your friend doesn't mean it's no longer, an argue, it's no longer your friend. It's the devotion that you have for each other. The commitment that you have made. That regardless of what the world is saying, regardless of what the in-laws are saying, regardless of what my brothers and sisters are saying, regardless of what the economy is saying, I will continue to be your friend. I will continue to be your husband. I will continue to be your wife. You will continue to be my friend and my partner. I will continue to serve the Lord. That is what devotion is. And that is what the three Hebrew children understood. So that when Nebuchadnezzar came and he started talking crap, they said, no, we serve the Lord in good times. We are going to serve him even in bad times. So when the three Hebrew children said, when the three Hebrew children said they were, they were devoted to God, what were we talking about? We're talking about the deep love that they have for God, the deep commitment that they have for God, the deep dedication that they have for God and the things of God. And the question is, why do these three children, why do these three Hebrew children have such a devotion to the Almighty God? And by extension, why do Christians who are devoted to God, why are they devoted to the Almighty God? 
What is the basis of our devotion to the Almighty God? Is this just something that we do because we don't have anything better to do? Or is it because when we, is this what we do because the pastor said we should do it? Is it what we do because, yes, that's what we do in church? Why are people devoted to God? There are three basic reasons why people are devoted to one another. Right? There, there are three basic reasons why we as Christians are devoted to the Almighty God. The first thing, the first reason is what we find in the book of 1 John chapter 4 verse 19. The Bible tells us that it says we love him because he loved us first. The Bible says while we are yet sinners, Christ did what? Christ died for us. So, the devotion, the reason why you are devoted to God, the reason why you see partners devoted to each other is because it is a response of love. Somebody loves me so much. is willing to give up something for me. What do I do to that person? I tell her, you be mumu. You are loving me. You don't say that. Somebody gives you money and then you say, oh, he doesn't know how to spend money. That's why, you know, I've joked about this in this church. I always tell you people, when somebody in Lagos, where I come from, when people tell you, say you are a nice man, that means you don't know how to spend money. When you are nice, ah, the boys are bobo nice. Now you're the kind of bobo nice. When somebody call you bobo nice, it's not a compliment. <laughs> it's actually telling you that you don't know how to spend money. Okay? But you don't, that is not a response of love. When you respond in love, it means that you appreciate what somebody has done for you. You appreciate what they have given unto you. You appreciate the fact that, yes, that individual is going an extra mile. They are inconveniencing themselves to be able to make you. They're trying to meet you at the point of your needs. So the reason why we are dedicated, we are devoted, number one, is the response of love. Number two, is the desire for intimacy. The more you know somebody, the more you want to talk to them. The more you want to get to know them. The more you want to be able to relate to them. And the more you relate to them, the more you begin to find out that you are enjoying. For those of us who are married, when we're still young, don't give up yourself, but what you will find is that what was happening. In those days, there was no phone, there was no internet. So what do you do? You look for that nice corner where nobody will disturb you under that tree. And you start whispering. And you can whisper all day. If you ask him, what do you talk about? You don't have anything to talk about. You cannot say this is what we talked about. Okay? But you know that you are talking. Okay? You know that you are talking. You are whispering something. And you start tickling yourself in the right place. And then you start smiling. Anytime they mention it, they hey, hey. You know what you are talking about. He's talking about desire for intimacy. You cannot be close to somebody if you don't spend time with that person. If you don't understand the person. And the Lord is saying, you cannot be devoted to me if there is no intimacy. That is the reason why we are devoted to the Almighty God. We are devoted to the Almighty God because of what is called conformity. Conformity. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 tells us, He said, for whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. The reason why we are brought into the kingdom is so that we can look like Christ. And you cannot look like Christ when you are far away. You cannot look like God. You cannot understand the voice of God. You cannot understand the character of God. You cannot understand the things that God wants if you are far away from Him. You have to be close to Him. I cannot know what my brother Ephesians is doing if I don't talk to him. If I don't spend time with him. If I don't understand what is going on. The challenges that he's facing. His, his hope and aspiration. If I don't have that kind of communication with him on a regular basis, I cannot understand what he's going through. You might be looking very well, but there are so many people who are wrapped up a lot of trouble at the, under their clothes. Many of us are hanging this clothes very well, but if you take off the clothes, there's a lot of terrible things that you don't want to see. But the idea is this. You cannot be conformed to the image of the Almighty God unless you do what? Unless you come close. And that is that takes commitment. That takes devotion. As a Christian, we all know that we should be more devoted to God and the things of God. But for some reason in the church, devotion is a very, very terrible word. Devotion is a word that is very strange. When you talk about it, it's like it's reserved for some special people. 
Some people that have two heads. Some su some some super Christians. The ones that walk on water. The one that never goes to the toilet. You know, those ones that don't pass gas. Those are the ones that like, devotion is is is, is is reserved for. But as Christians, we know. The question is, why is devotion for the average Christian very difficult? Why is it very difficult for us to serve God? Why is it very difficult for us to commit ourselves to the Almighty God? Why is it very difficult for us to say, I'm not going to let anything distract me. I'm going to give myself to it. Why is it so difficult? Why is the devotion so difficult? Let's go to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. The Bible tells us in verse number 15. It said, do not love the world. I'm not saying anything about anybody's loving the world, but I'm only saying one of the reasons why we do not have a, why we have a problem with devotion is told to us in the book of 1 John chapter 2. In verse number 15, he said, Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, when you are busy pursuing and doing please don't misunderstand me. If I have my opportunity, I want to be a millionaire. So that way, when you come into this place, this place is properly tired. Everything is looking good. Okay? When you come, you see our ushers well spiffed up. That's my desire. This place will be a five-star hotel. You know, you come in the coffees. I mean, you smell the coffee, you're already full. That's my desire. So I'm not opposed to money. Don't make that mistake. But the Bible is saying, it said, do not love the world. There's a difference between possession of money and the love of money. Two different things. Please understand that. The Lord, the Bible is not against you having money. It's only saying that do not love the world. He said, do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now from this verse of scripture, just three reasons why people find it very difficult to commit themselves to the Almighty God. Three reasons. Number one is the lust of the flesh. That means what we put in here. What this body wants. Food, shelter, sex, all those kind of things. What the body wants. As long as this is what dictates how you produce, dictates how you move, dictates how you think, dictates the things you do. As long as your flesh is what dictates how you live your life, you will find it very difficult to commit yourself to the Almighty God. Because when the Lord says, get up at night and pray, your body say, come on, man, it's 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> who gets up at 4 a.m. in the morning? What's wrong with you? I'm not the one who killed Jesus. Eh? Take it easy. Eh? The people who did it, they are, they, are, they, are, they are gone. So just leave me alone. I snooze a little bit. And that's why you press the snooze button. The flesh is telling you something. The Spirit of God is telling you something. As long as you listen to the flesh, dedication, devotion to the Almighty God becomes extremely difficult. I'm not saying it's easy to wake up at 4 o'clock. Don't misunderstand me. It's not easy. It's not easy to pray. It's not easy to read the Bible. It's one of the most boring books you can read. If you can't sleep, and you want to sleep very quickly, just open the Bible. Any chapter, you are gone. Very easy. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying these things are easy. But I'm saying that if you want to be able to serve the Lord, if you want to be committed to the Almighty God, you must learn how to conquer those things. You must learn how to overcome those particular weaknesses. You must learn how to overcome your body. You must learn how to tell your body to do the things that your body does not want to do. How many of us know that, yes, when you wake up at the, at, the, at the beginning of the year, January of the year, you want to shed some extra pound? Do you think it's easy to go to the gym? Do you think it's easy to wake up in the morning and you're running, you're running? An old man like me running in the morning, who's pursuing me? Nobody. You think it's easy? No. The reason you do it is because there's high cholesterol, there's diabetes, and you want to conquer those things. You don't want to keep taking drugs anymore. That's why you run. 
The body doesn't want to do it, but you train the body to take it. If you can train the body to take that particular battering, that particular running, because you don't want to drink diabetes drink, because you don't want to have a cholesterol, because you don't want to have a high blood pressure, if you can do that for those things, why not for God? So the Bible is making us to understand. Devotion is difficult because of the lust of the flesh. Because Devotion is difficult because of the lust of the eye. What in your eye they see? <laughs> You want to see this, you want to see this, you want to put it there, put your eyes there, put your eyes. When you are putting your eyes in everything, you are looking for trouble. There are times when you are supposed to close your eyes. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes that I will not behold a maiden. Nobody say no like woman. He just knows anything, no a dangerous thing. Okay? You know, if you keep looking at trouble. So what does he do? He closes his eyes. When he gets there, he says, no, I'm not going to look this one. This one is trouble. Okay? That's why he, that's why he does those things. Not because he doesn't like it. I mean, how you see a beautiful lady? I mean, when we were growing up, we used to wish if you do that in America, now that's uh, what you call it, call it chauvinism. I mean, what do they call it? Eh? They give it a name now. If you do it, that, that's sexual harassment. But when we are growing up, I mean, you see a beautiful person. Woo! This one is beautiful. You know, the point we're making is that when you let your eyes dictate the way you live your life, your eyes will want to go to places you don't want to go. You want to read things you don't want to see. You are not supposed to be reading. You want to see things you don't want. You are not supposed to be seeing. If you allow your eyes to control it, it's going to control it and take you to where you don't want to go. And that's why the Bible says, if the eyes is already corrupt, say the whole body will be corrupted. Because when you are seeing what you are not supposed to see, the eye is the window to the soul. When you allow all sorts of nonsense to go inside, you are looking for trouble and you will not be able to serve God. And then finally, people are not able to devote themselves to the Lord because of the pride of life. Now me be this. <laughs> now me find like this. Now me get intelligence like this. They start, you know, you put yourself. That's what, that's what the devil said to Jesus Christ. He said, look to the right, look to the left. The whole kingdom of the world belongs to me. All you have to do is just bow down to me. And that is exactly what the enemy... That's why many of us are not able to serve the Lord. Because you look at the right, you look at the left. You say, oh, if I can just bow down to that particular God, maybe I will get that promotion. If I can bow down to that particular God, maybe I'll look more beautiful. If I can bow down to that particular God, maybe I'll look more trim. I'll be more popular. I'll be. I'll have a million likes on, on, on Facebook. I will have all sorts of things. Because of the pride of life. Many of us are not able to devote ourselves to the other, to the Lord God Almighty. In other words, because of the challenge of the fallen world, many of us are not able to. And the distractions of this world, we are not able to. And in Luke chapter 6 verse number 62, Jesus Christ said, but Jesus said unto him, no one having put his hands on the plow and looking back is worthy of the kingdom. In other words, if you are going to serve the Lord, if you allow your eyes to distract you, if you allow your flesh to control you, if you allow your pride to be able to get in the way, say you are going to have difficulty serving the Lord. Fitness for the kingdom is a function of your devotion. If you are want to enter into the kingdom of God, you must be willing to shed some extra pounds. And that extra pound is in the area of distraction, in the area of your flesh, your eyes, and your pride. Now, if fitness for the kingdom of God is a function of your devotion, the question is, how do you become a devoted person? How do you become a devoted Christian? How do you become a devoted Christian? The first way to become a devoted Christian is found in the book of Psalm 27 verse 4. He said, one thing I've asked of the Lord, that I will seek after him, that I may dwell in his house, in the house of the Lord, all the days of my heart. There has to be a heart of worship. 
Inside your heart must be willing to worship the Almighty God. You must be willing to be able to adore Him for you to be able to be devoted to Him. There has to be an attitude of praise inside your heart. You must be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to serve you because it is when you recognize when something was, what somebody has done for you, that's when you can praise Him. There must be an attitude of praise. There must be a realization that you need Him. If you think that you can do it by yourself, then why do you want to call upon the name of the Almighty God? Why do you need Him? That is one of the biggest problems in preaching the gospel here in this particular society. Because you have the DHS. Hmm? You have all the social services. You have good health care. You have all those things going for you. So why would you come to the Almighty God? What is the need for God when you can meet your needs somewhere else? When the government can meet all your needs, why do you need to pray to the Almighty God? Because of the, because of the fact that we have declared our independence from the Almighty God, it is very, very difficult to serve the Almighty God to be devoted to Him. But for a person who will be devoted to God, you must have that realization inside your spirit that you need Him. Because if you don't need Him, you can't serve Him. Number four, there has to be a, a willingness to obey promptly. A desire to follow the Almighty God and to obey Him. If you are not willing to obey Him, you cannot be, you cannot be devoted to the Almighty God. Look at your relationship for those who are married and for those who are in any kind of relationship. If you are not willing to serve the other person, that relationship will not last. If you are the boss and your wife is the slave, then that relationship is not going to last. If the wife is the ogre and the man is the boy boy, what happened? That particular relationship will not last. There has to be the willingness to obey. Respect one another. The fact that you respect somebody doesn't mean that person is better. It means that you are showing deference to that person. So a man that, the, 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 the person who will be devoted must be a person who is prompt to obeying God. Must be the person that practices the presence of the Almighty God. Do you notice how people change when they come to church on Sunday? They change. They know how to walk the walk. They don't talk anyhow. They don't raise their voice. We are going to the house of God. But let them get out of church at 12 o'clock or 12.15 when they hit that road there. And then somebody goes, what's wrong with you? Eh? You're talking to me like that? You'll find out that we have this on and off switch. We switch it on when we come to church. We are nice people. We don't offend anybody. And, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Oh, yeah, praise God, praise God. We know all the language. As soon as you get out, you switch it off. Church, don't finish. This is me. Can't talk to me anyhow. What's wrong with you? Eh? Think I'm just a mumu? Eh? You, you now, you now. So you find out. <laughs> you have all this dual personality. Many of us in the church, we are schizophrenic. Because you have this behavior in the church and the behavior outside. But a man who will be devoted to the Almighty God maintains the presence of the Almighty God Always. He's the same person in the church. He's the same person outside of the church. One of the biggest problems that pastors have. And their families are not coming to church. In most cases. is because their children can see them at home. And they can see them in the church. They know when the pastor is making noise like I'm doing. Hey Jesus love you. Hey this is this is this. And when they get in the car. It's just, it's just the talk rubbish. Yeah? Think I'm preaching and he's not listening. It's, you All the gossip you are doing in the car. Your children are listening. And then when you come to church, you say, praise the Lord. Oh, I love you, the love of God. I say, look at Papa. Eh? Is he not the same guy that you are saying is a bad guy the other time when we were going home? Eh? 
All these things where you say, I mean, I mean, they, they look at you and say, this Christianity, which kind of people are doing this business? One way in the church, one way at home. When you have that kind of dual personality, you can never convince your children. Talk less of convincing people outside. And the man who will be devoted to the Almighty God is a man that maintains the presence of the Almighty God. He is the same at home, he is the same in the church. He is the same at work, he is the same in the marketplace. Anywhere you see him, there's no air around him. The way he talks to you here is the way he talks to people outside. There's no difference because he knows the Almighty God is watching him. He knows the presence of the Almighty God is with him. And if you are going to be devoted to him, you must know that God is with you all the time. The psalmist said, where can I run from the Almighty God? So if I go to the heavens, I'm going to your throne. If I go under the altar, under the waters, you are there. Under the, in the, under the ground, you are there. Your eyes are everywhere. The man who will be devoted, the woman who will be devoted, must practice the presence of the Almighty God. And the, pre- the question now is, how do you know what is the mark of a devoted man? If you don't have an interaction with that person, what is the mark of that devoted man? The mark of a devoted man. Let's look at the book of Acts of the Apostles that we read for our Bible reading. Acts of the Apostles chapter 10. Reading from verse number 1. The Bible said there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of what is called the Italian regiment. A devout man. And one who feared God with all his household. Who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. From these two verses of scripture you will see the characteristic of a man who is a devoted person. Who is a devoted person? A devoted man of God. The first thing you see is that the mark of a devoted man is a mark of reverence. The mark of reverence. There's a difference between reverence and fear. There's a destructive fear that when you see somebody that your heart will, you know, you know, your, 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 your heart skips a bit and you are afraid. Reverence is that you are, you are conscious of the holiness of the Almighty God. The first thing you see in the mark of somebody who is devoted to the Almighty God is the reverence. They respect the Almighty God. You don't come to the presence of the Almighty God and behave anyhow. You don't do the things that you normally do anywhere. When you, you know the difference between the presence of the Almighty God and the presence of any other man. The mark of a devoted man, the mark of a devoted woman is reverence to the Almighty God. Number two is the willingness to be available to the things of God. Willingness to be generous. Willingness to give himself. Willingness to give their time, their resources and everything. There is a willingness in the life of a believer who is devoted to the Almighty God. Number three, there is this generosity. Generosity because they know that all that they have does not belong to them. They know that they are stewards of the, of the treasures of heaven. That God has committed those things into their hand and they are willing to make it available to those people who are in need of it. The mark of a generous or the mark of a devoted person is the mark of prayer. You cannot devote yourself to God if you don't know how to pray. I'm sure many of you are tired of me saying this thing. There is no way you can succeed as a Christian if you don't know how to pray. It's not possible. Because, they, I mean, let's leave that one alone. But you have to pray. Just know that one. Not only that, there has to be what is called communion. Fellowship. I said it before and I'm saying it here again. There is no way that you can know somebody. There's no way you can develop relationship with anybody. If you do not commune with that person. If you do not have fellowship with that person. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew. It said, do not forsake the assembly of one, of, of one another together. Because some people have done it and they have made a shipwreck of their faith. In other words, when you, come, when you cut yourself out of fellowship, you are an easy target. They used to say that the dog that is about to get lost doesn't understand the, free, the whistle of the hunter. In other words, when you separate yourself from the flock, the enemy can now deal with you. That what I mean, uh, the enemy will take time to deal with you. That's what it means. 
Because once I'm able to isolate you, then I can punish you. But if you are if you are in a group, it's very difficult for someone to walk out of a walk into this place right now and begin to and begin to harass anybody. It's very difficult. All of us will run around and say, What's wrong with you? you? Can't do that to you can't do that to my to my boy or to myself or my girl. You can't do that. That is why you have to have a fellowship. The mark of a devoted person is the mark of communion. When you see somebody who is in communion, somebody who is in fellowship, you know that that person is aware of the presence of God. But when they separate themselves from fellowship, when they separate themselves from communion, you know that they don't even have communion with God if they don't have communion with their fellow men. How many of us just wake up in the morning and somebody from nowhere just come and knock at your door and say, yes, let's have coffee together? It doesn't happen that way. You always have coffee with people that you know. Enjoy fellowship with them. That is the that is the blessing of a devoted life. The closer you are to God, the more God will visit with you. Not only that, the more He begins to hear and to answer your prayer, the more closer you are to Him. Because as you talk to Him, as you express your need and your desire to Him, the Lord will begin to say, "Okay, I understand. I understand. I understand. I'll visit you," and He begins to give it to you. Not only that, He pours out His Spirit upon you. The more you are closer to Him, and not only that, He gives you divine deliverance because things begin to happen. All sorts of craziness the enemy will want to put your way, bring your way. But as soon as you are closer to the Almighty God, the Lord begins to deliver you. And not only that, the presence of the Almighty God goes with you everywhere you go. So that no man is able to touch you. No evil is able to come near you. Because the Lord is able to hear and to answer. These blessings are only reserved for those who are devoted. And the question this morning is that are you a devoted child of God? Can God trust you? To come true for him. Can you hold. If the Lord were in need of something. Can he trust you to meet that need. Can he trust you to be able to minister his, minister to other people. Can he trust you to support his work. Can he trust you to be able to lift up. The hands of other believers. Can he trust you to be one of those people. That will be able to be a blessing to other people. That is the question today. How far you will go in life. Is a function of how well you walk with the almighty God. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.